Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here, and I want to talk to you today about hiring and retaining the best people. I am making this in early 2022, and all I have heard for the last two years is how hard it is to find good people. And so I wanted to do a little podcast today and talk about some of the fundamental things that I think it takes to not only find, but keep the best people. I want to start with the first one of you need to be able to pay them more. That's that's really at the heart of part of this, but it's not just compensation. It's other things, but paying them more is one of those things. Now, in order to pay people more, yes, you've got to expect more out of them. And so when I'm talking about hiring and retaining the best people, I'm not talking about hiring average people and paying them more. I'm talking about hiring the best. So what does the best look like for your company? Well, I'll tell you what it looks like for my company. In my company, the best people don't just do the thing they're hired to do. They can probably do four or five different jobs. And this is a theme that I see in all really great companies. We've got actually a couple of clients right now. And when I ask them about their people, the common thing is they always say, we have the best people. We can take one of our people and that person can do the work of anywhere from six to eight other companies. So like if you bring in another company, it's probably going to take them six or eight people to do the work that our person's going to do by themselves. That's how good the people are that we hire. And so they're not paying them eight times their normal salary. They're paying them probably about 20 to 25% more than they would get paid somewhere else. So if I went to work, you know, for one company, let's say maybe I'm making $80,000 a year. But if I went to work for your company, I'm probably making a hundred thousand dollars a year, something along those lines. That's just a general idea there on, on the pricing side of it. So there's probably a 20, 25% increase, maybe more sometimes just depending on what they're doing for the company. And that's one of the things. But again, at the heart of it is you're looking for the best people. So these people can not only juggle everything you throw at them, they're usually wanting more from you. So like, hey, I want to be involved in this project, in that project, in this other different thing, because guess what? The best people 
people, they're not focused on doing the least amount of work. The best people are the ones that want to be the best contributors. So if I'm the best at what I do, yeah, there are some people. So if I'm the best at what I do, I'm not just looking at how do I get a paycheck and how do I show up and be the best project manager on the team. That's not my sole focus. My my focus as a top player on the team is I want to be helpful to the company. I want the company to be able to grow and move in new directions because I'm here and I want to contribute. You see, that's the thing that people don't understand about high performers is we just want to contribute. And it's not just about, hey, just let me manage my project and leave me alone. It's how else can I help? And I think a lot of times when you are looking at a high performer and you see them wanting to put their hands in multiple things in the company, the average company looks at that as a threat. The average company says, well, now you're, you're kind of crossing over some political boundaries in the company. You're kind of crossing over into some things you shouldn't be doing. And I just need to pull back, you know, that energy and excitement. When you say it, it sounds as stupid as it is. Like, why would you want to pull back the energy and excitement? Well, because in our corporate culture, that's what we've learned to do. We've learned to say, hey, no, Bob, no, Sue, I need you to stay in your lane. I, that's what I need you to do. And a high performer will get extremely frustrated with this kind of environment. And so not only do you need to pay this person more, you need to let them be involved in things outside of just their one little area. They have a need to contribute, let them contribute. They want to find value in the organization and having clear ways to contribute and provide value to the organization are actually what's really, really important to a high performer. And there are some high performers that need the verbal validation, some that need that, you know, literal pat on the back, that sort of thing. And that that's all for another podcast. The, the focus today is if you find the right people who can juggle more things, they can do more than the average bear, if you will, right? They can take on more projects. They can take on more work and they'll keep taking it on until they feel like, hey, I can't take any more. And then they'll let you know that. Those high performers want that work and they want to be able to say, look, you can't replace me with one person. It would take five people to replace me, you know? And so those are the kind of people you're looking for. So number one is you've got to get clear on what these high performers look like so you can identify them and say, hey, this is a high performer. This is somebody that's going to come into the organization. They're going to do 400% more work than the average person. And we're going to pay them more for that. We're not only going to pay them more, we're going to find other ways to not only let them contribute to the organization, we're going to find other ways to compensate them for the value they provide. So money is always an easy one. You know, you can pay somebody more. That's a very clear one. And I've never had anybody say, you know what? I don't want to get paid an extra 15, 20, 30% more. I, you know, I don't want that. You know, that's not going to make me happy. I've never heard anybody say that. And so when you pay them more, that's where you start. But what else do they want? And so the only way to find that out is to talk to them and ask them to say, hey, what's important to you? Is it the flexibility of working from home? Is it company car? Is it quarterly profit sharing? Is it, you know, extra vacation time? You know, what is it that's going to float your boat per se? Like, what is it that's going to make you really want to work here? And I've seen some of the wildest things. You know, uh, one of the times I was at one of the Microsoft offices and you walk by the break room and there's all the 
these coolers with every kind of drink you can imagine, every kind of snack you can imagine. You know, the there's the ice cream bars and the taco bars. <laughs> there's all those things, and it's whatever you want, whenever you want, 24-7. And that's the kind of thing that, hey, you know what? That's important to some people. But people like me, I want to work from home. I want the flexibility of working whenever I want, that sort of thing. And that's really important to a lot of high achievers. They don't want somebody micromanaging every minute of their day because guess what? They already know how to do that. They already know how to manage their time really, really well. That's one of the reasons you're paying them more. So why would you pay them an extra 20 or 30% and then try to micromanage every minute of their day? That that doesn't work. And even if you're paying them that extra 20 or 30%, the fact that you're trying to micromanage them may be the one thing that makes them take a pay cut to go somewhere else where their time is theirs and they get to manage their time better. When I talk about people working from home and remotely and things like that, I've got friends that work all over the country. Some of them go international, things like that. And I don't ever know what city they're in. I don't know what hours they work. All I know is if I need to book a meeting with somebody and I send them a note, they're very responsive. They get on my calendar usually within 24 to 48 hours. And that's all that matters. I don't care that this month they're working in Italy. I don't care that next month they're in the Bahamas. I don't care that next month they're in Hawaii or whatever it may be. All I care is they are doing the job I've asked them to do. They're going above and beyond whenever possible. And they're happy. They're happy. We're getting the value that we want out of them and everybody's winning. And if you do that, you will not only attract, you will retain the best employees. So it's as simple as identifying top performers, paying them more, talking to them about the other benefits that are really, really important to them, doing your best to meet those. Because some people, you know, you just can't, you can't meet every requirement, but doing your best to meet those things and then actually giving them challenging work. So high performers like challenging work. They like to be challenged on a regular basis, not only mentally, but, you know, sometimes emotionally and all those kind of things. And, And they like exciting projects. They like hard projects. They like things that not only challenge their mind, but some, but their skills as well. And so when you can do that, again, you will not only attract, you will retain some of the best people in the world. And these people don't want to job hop or anything like that. They want to work for the same company. Now, here, here's the other thing is you need to be flexible because I've actually met some of the highest performers you can imagine who don't want to work for a company, but they'll say, look, let me 1099 with you. And hey, let me do project-based work with you. You know, that's where I want to start. If it's the right person, then, you know, consider it consider making them a 1099 instead of a W-2 employee. Consider that, hey, they're going to help with this one project and then see how it goes. And, you know, they're dipping the toe in the water and trusting you just as much as you are them. And so sometimes this doesn't work for things where you have long-term commitments and things like that. But in government contracting, a lot of times you can say, look, I've got this one contract. I can put you working directly on that contract and that's all you'll be doing for us. And it's a six-month deal. 
it's a two-year contract, whatever it may be. And they may say, okay, well, you know, that, that'll work. You know, we'll do we'll do a short-term engagement of one to two years. We'll focus on this project. And then that's where the relationship starts. So I would say one of the, the final points there is, is be open to it starting wherever it needs to. When you find the right people, if you can put them in a slot that works for you, works for them, be flexible. And then move on to the next person you need to hire. Because guess what? That person may work there for six months. They may work there for two years. They may work there for the rest of their career. We don't know. But now that you've got that slot taken care of, you can go work on the next one and just repeat the process. Now, look, I get it. There's some times where you're like, look, I need to hire people and they need to show up at the client's site at 9 a.m. and they've got to be there till you know 5, 6 p.m., whatever it is. And, and there's no negotiation with the client. That's the requirements of the job. Okay. Well, again, think outside the box. Can this person have extra vacation time? Can this person have you know some sort of flex time once a month or something along those lines? What can you do that's a little bit outside the box for that person that has to show up for what I would consider the grind? You know, the usual grind of nine to five, and there's not a whole lot of flexibility for that. What can you do outside of the normal hours? And maybe it's something simple. You know, people used to do gym memberships. I know that that's a frequently done perk. You know, there's healthcare and all those different kinds of things. You know, in this day and age, maybe you pick up a bigger portion of their health care. That, that would be a great benefit because healthcare costs have gotten really out of control. Another thing is doing stuff like meal services. So you've probably all heard of these little box meal services where you go online, you punch in, you know, you want four meals for the week for two people or whatever it may be. And they just send you the box with all the instructions and you make the meals. There's things like that or Omaha steaks or whatever it may be, right? There's all kind of little clubs like that that you can have, you know, these employees with. So when you find an, a situation where the the hours aren't flexible, but you're trying to go above and beyond because you found some really good people and you want to retain them, just come up with ideas like that. Things outside of the job that are perks or bonuses that you can deliver to these people to make them feel like they're appreciated. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's really about. It's about, do I feel appreciated? Do I feel like I'm getting the correct amount of money for the amount of time I'm putting in here? And does this company value me? Do they really value me? Or if I got hit by a bus, would they replace me by lunchtime? Where do I fall on the, on the spectrum there? And if you can communicate that you value those people by doing the extra little perks and different things like that for them, by saying to them, hey, Mike, I actually value the work you do for our company and the work you do for our clients. If you can communicate those things to people, I guarantee you, you're going to find some of the best people because I have been all over the country. I've worked with every type of business you could possibly imagine. And I could tell you one of the reasons we're seeing the mass exodus of employees is because people are tired of being treated the way they've been treated the last decade or whatever it may be. They're just tired of it. They realize life is short and it's time for a change, even if that means making less money. And for the companies that can pay a little bit more, for the companies that can go out of their way to say thank you and do nice things, those companies are going to be the ones that retain the best of the best. And so I know this, some of this is a little bit outside the wheelhouse for a lot of you. And what I would really just recommend is just think about it and try to approach this with an open mind. That's it. Just approach it with an open mind. You don't have to do everything on the list that I've come up with, but maybe you do one or two things. Maybe 
maybe you do have a quarterly, you know, company party or every six months company party or something like that to show your appreciation. There's all kind of little ways that you can express to your employees that they are awesome and you value them. And look, you think it's hard to replace a client? It's really hard to replace employees. And and bad employees will make you replace clients. So it's worth investing in the right people in the right way to retain them as long as you possibly can so that you can build a business that's based on great people, great service. Now, I'm going to give you this one final tip here. I don't care how good somebody is. doesn't matter how good they are. If they are toxic to your organization, they have to go. You can't keep those kind of people in the organization. Because look, think about it this way. If I told you that I had the most powerful poison on the planet, the most powerful poison on the planet, and I was just going to put a half a drop in your water glass today, would you drink it? And the answer is no. You're like, no way, that, that'll that'll kill me. You know. So what if I said, look, I'm just going to put a half a drop in all your drinking water for the entire year, would you still drink it? The answer is no. And the answer is no, because you know that that one drop is toxic. It's toxic to you. It's toxic to your family. There's no way you would drink that water. So why? Why on earth would we allow a toxic employee, even if they're a high achiever, why would we allow them to remain in the organization? The answer is because we don't know how to replace them and we don't know what we do without them. That's usually why. But guess what? That person is being toxic to every other person on the team and they're bringing down the attitudes of everybody on the team. I have seen organizations fire a top performer in sales and sales actually increase the next quarter, like significantly without replacing them because everybody on the sales team was so thankful that that person was gone that everybody else stepped up their performance. So we look for and we try to retain the best employees, but we never allow somebody, regardless of skill or ability, to remain in our organization if they are toxic to the organization. We'll talk to them, we'll counsel them, we'll do our best, but at the end of the day, we don't let that person remain in the organization. So if you do all those things, if you show value and appreciation for everybody that you bring in the organization, if you never let bad, toxic people ruin the organization, I guarantee you, you'll create an amazing culture in your company and you'll retain some of the best people in the world. If you have questions about this, as always, you know how to reach me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.